Welcome to Freedom to Choose from Just As I Am Ministries, a nonprofit providing hope to those caught in the devastation of addiction or who are searching for a better way to live. In this series, The Life, you'll study the life of Jesus. Who is he? What is he really like? Does he care about me? Rich and Susan Collenberg are a husband and wife team who found freedom over two decades ago from their lives of drug addiction and alcoholism. They found biblical answers and now share their experience of freedom on Freedom to Choose. Hello, everyone. My name is Rich Collenberg. And my name is Susan Collenberg. And we're happy to have you back once again to the program Freedom to Choose. And this is uh, program number 52, if you're keeping score at home. And that is, uh, and it's titled From the Inside Out, Part 2. And this is the series, The Life, of course. And Susan, before we get going, would you open with a word of prayer, please? Yes. Our loving Father in heaven, thank you once again for uh, providing an avenue that uh, we can to talk about your goodness and your glory and and how you change individuals from the inside out. We pray that um, you do that for each one of us and uh, help us to be ready, willing, and able to follow the path that you have laid out for us. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and Susan, what, you said something about we're also on Spotify. We have podcasts on Spotify. Yes, we have podcasts on Spotify and Google Podcasts. Okay. So you can search for Freedom to Choose there and be able to download the podcast and share them with other people. And Okay, good. Available yeah. And we also want to thank those that have been supporting our ministry. Uh, we, we're now on Sirius Satellite Radio and a couple of other stations as well. Uh, and so we just want to thank those that support. We cannot do this without you. And we're so thankful for um, the, everyone being so generous and, and helping us to get this message out, uh, especially... Uh, Nowadays, when it's so easy to look around and criticize others and so easy to just absolutely know in your heart of hearts that you're right and they're wrong, and there's, a, there's, there's so much to be involved in. There's so much to point a finger at. There's so many things right now because we're being bombarded with all kinds of news, information. Uh, we don't know whether some of it's true or false. There's so much to be confused with. But all we have to remember is, folks, that it's an inside job with you and Jesus. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. It's not about what's going on around you and pointing a finger and saying, they're wrong over there, or they're wrong over there, or I would do this different over there. Because you want to change the world, let Jesus into your heart. Well, if you want to change the world, let the change begin with us. Exactly. Right? <laughs> that's that's where it starts, mm-hmm. and that I, you know, that's not a. Uh, <laughs> sometimes that's not a resonating message because I, you know, I don't. Sometimes I don't like to change. Sometimes mm-hmm. I don't want to change. Sometimes it's too hard to change. Sometimes it's too painful to change. Sometimes it's too scary to change, mm-hmm. and that right there, I think we do fear that that you know what if. What if I do have to humble myself more? What if I do have to let someone get their way? What if I do, you know, and so it can get scary. And Jesus said that the kingdom of God comes not with outward show, 
neither shall they say, Lo here or lo there, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. Jesus was saying that the kingdom of God begins in the heart, and he was there, you know, there's examples of God's love everywhere. You can see it around, and you can see, um, you can see self-sacrificing love if you look for it. Mm-hmm. But that's the, the the Holy Spirit will, uh, you know. I think what we're going to talk about today is is this new lens to look through, to see the world through a new lens, and not through a critical spirit lens, but a lens of of helpfulness and kindness and gentleness and where is that going on in the world and can we really see it well and and i think just like the title of the program it's an inside job and this next statement i'm going to read is is pretty interesting because i think that we can apply it to so many different areas of our life because it wasn't until after christ's ascension to the father and the outpouring of the holy spirit upon the believers that the disciples fully appreciated his character and mission and so um I know that I can go back to my own life and say, you know, it wasn't until I lost somebody that I recognized their impact that they had in my life. And I think, and of course, it has nothing nowhere on the level of what Jesus was or, you know, him being God in man coming to this earth. But um, it's it, it kind of like gives you a new view you know, when you lose something, it gives you a new view of um, the the overwhelming impact that he had. So let's take it another step because we've had, oh, there's people that have been, that, that we've known that have passed, that have died in the, in, you know, in the recent few, uh, recent past. And, and I got to thinking about you know when you when you go to a funeral or when you you know when people talk about the stories or whatever we we seem we seem to say things that i think maybe we wish we would have said to them when they were alive right you know we say we lavish all of these things that they did they were so funny and they did this thing and we did, went and did this and, and how it was, we appreciated yeah, this about them and yeah that about and, them. and then they were so fun to be around and even in the bad times i still had good memories and we laughed and we this and we that but we don't do that while they're alive mm-hmm. you know and i've noticed that and so like what you were saying we don't know you know there's that saying you don't you don't know what you got till it's gone and that i think was a big deal for the disciples um they they had after they received the baptism of the Spirit, in other words, you know, the, the baptism, you, I think you had the baptism of the Spirit. Didn't you not look through the whole, look at the world through a different lens? All of a sudden, the obsession to use is lifted. Right. right. All of a sudden, the flowers actually looked like flowers and they actually smelled. You were out front smelling the roses the other day. I was. You know, when, when you're an addict, you don't do that. Right. You, you know, you, you're doing other stuff, but you're right. definitely not stopping out in the front smelling the roses and actually really appreciating the smell. Right. You know, and things just look clearer. Things sound better. Um, you know, just everything is different. Right. All the colors are crisper and more pronounced and yeah. uh, more defined, whereas before it's just almost kind of like a blur yeah. as you're going through life. Yeah. And things can move slow and it's okay. Mm-hmm. And you're not looking at your watch all the time. And I can, you know, and I, I know we get caught up in the busies and the busies aren't living. Right. That's the, the cares of this world, right? That yeah. Jesus talked about with the um, parable of the sower. Yeah. It's those things that choke everything out. 
trying to just trying to stay ahead and trying to stay alive and it's what's really choking your life it's out. choking yeah and and a lot of it is choices that how much we decide to put in our schedule right. put on our plate if you will and and the busies will get you absolutely there's you, been many times um when i belong to a a fellowship where I overextended myself mm-hmm. because I thought that it was my duty and that um, the fellowship needed me to step up and to do all these things. And it was, I don't, I, I look back now and I see that, that God ne- wasn't necessarily calling me to do that. A he lot was of that calling stuff. me to do something different. So, okay, I'm going to ask you two questions Uh-oh. here. So did you feel free when you were quote unquote, Committed to Co- doing volunteering to do. No, I all felt that. like I should have been committed. <laughs> you felt like you should have been committed. Right. Um, no, did you feel free? No. Okay, so now here's the here's the million dollar question: when the when you were in prison mm-hmm. and those people prayed for you mm-hmm. and the obsession to use would lift was lifted, did you feel free? Absolutely. Isn't see that there, there's so, the y- difference. That's the spirit of God working. See right. that's. The difference, and you know what's interesting, even you know, as we're talking about this, and this is it's been quite a while ago, right? Um, when um, when that woman prayed with me, and I had the obsession to use drugs was lifted, and I started to learn. I knew that God had come in my life, and that He had saved me, and was going to keep saving me moment by moment. I was in jail, and I didn't want to leave. Mm-hmm. I was afraid to be. Um, released because I knew and I, so I don't know if it was God that put it in my heart or if the I just knew that I wasn't ready to go out and be on my own that I needed to stay in that con- cocoon absolutely I think because that- I was safe there right I had well, meals I had you know clothing and and I was learning schedule because I mean you know they have you on a on a pretty radical schedule but it was like the best part of um, my life up until that point. I think there's something to be said for that fear of the unknown when you're an addict and you're gonna, you say, how on earth am I going to navigate life without drugs? And I'm looking through this new lens and I'm liking the way the flowers look and I'm, you know, I'm this and then that, but how am I going to navigate my way through life like this? I'm just a little baby now. Right. I'm, uh, everything I'm looking at is new. Is a, and is a giant. You know, you're coming it's a up monster. against a giant. And not right. a monster, but the things I used to hate, now I, I, I think I like. And right. the things I, I used to like, I think now I don't like. Um, and it's just, it's this very strange. It's like being born again. It is like being right. born again. And so you have the Spirit of God working, and somehow he gets that little baby through this process of recovery, this process of, of no longer being, I want to say, as selfish, because we're all selfish, right. but, but we, we, we grow out of this selfishness, and somehow this little baby can grow up amid all the attacks of the devil. And of course, the devil's angry because you were a general in his army, and now you're marching in a new army. And but he sees well. She's just a baby, so I can I can still so somehow that whole, the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, directs us, puts us with people that can help us. Um, and it just so many miracles happen along the way. And that, and you know, a lot of times we have phone calls of people who have family members that are struggling with um, 
addiction. And sometimes the best prayer that we can pray is, God, bring someone into my my loved one's life that can help them where I am not able to help them. Yeah, Because a lot of times as family members, we are unable to help those that mm-hmm. are suffering an addiction, but there, God has a thousand ways where we don't, we can't even begin to think. And sometimes that's the best prayer. God brings someone into their life yeah. so that they can, they can be, um, you know, someone that, that can touch them in a way that I am unable to reach them. Mm-hmm. And that's what I, you know, every time I turned around, um, I God had placed somebody in yeah. in my life, and I think it's you know when you have that when you have that turnaround, you're more open to seeing the avenues that God opens up for you. Yeah. So that that's that's something that I tell people who are you know parents and 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 loved ones, pray that God brings somebody into their lives that can do for them what you're unable to yeah, do. For yeah. Yeah. I mean. Sometimes sometimes the, it's jail. <laughs> so, yeah, well, and sometimes trying to keep a needle out of someone's arm, you need someone who used to have a needle in their arm that knows exactly what to say, knows exactly when, because a lot of times when we quit using drugs, we still like to pull shenanigans right. because that's what we do, right? Right. We still like to use people, manipulate. We do all those things because those behaviors, even though we... Sometimes they're still there. They're still there. Yeah. The, the 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 ability. I want to say the tendency. I want to say the ability to manipulate. Right. The ability to be selfish and and run other people's lives just by our twisted ways. Um, and sometimes you need someone. You know, like in in AA or NA, where you have a good sponsor that will not put up with the shenanigans. Right. You know. And so sometimes that's the best. I know for other people that are health compromised, sometimes it's best to get into groups where other people have the same uh, condition, you know, that might be compromised as well. I know when I had my hip replaced, I was on the internet all the time looking at the discussions on what you can do, what you can't do, how far you can go in the first six days, seven days, and getting involved with people and learning the do's and the don'ts from the people that had the titanium in their leg just like I did. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with all all these other walks of life, everything that we struggle with. I don't care whether it be um, a porn addiction. I don't care whether it be uh, spending. spending addiction. There's people that got through it through the power of the Holy Spirit, and that's how God— that's how we're all helped by helping other people. So, you know, I'm, how many times have, have yeah, you tried to help me or I try to help you and, and I reject you, you, and you and then you say, well, don't take away my blessing. You know, you try to help me and, and then and I say, no, I don't need help. And you say, don't take away my blessing. Right. right? Mm-hmm. Because that's the way it is. Right. That's it. You, you, um, you get you re- by giving. Right. You, you, you receive by giving. Yeah. And if we could only understand that, and we let let people help us, and that's one of the one of the hardest things for for um, I know for drug addicts and alcoholics is because they a lot of times they don't they don't want help, they don't mm-hmm. need help, mm-hmm. they maintain they don't need help, and so um, it's hard to help someone that maintains they don't have a problem or don't need help. Right. Um, but you know, an addict or an alcoholic, uh, an ex addict or a recovering addict or a recovering alcoholic can always ask some very stumping questions to um, to an addict that doesn't mm-hmm. need help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he can always stump them and get them confused and get a little cogn- 
cognitive dissonance going mm -hmm. by asking certain questions, you mm -hmm. know. So, but uh, back to back to the disciples, back to the heart change, back to what they expected from Jesus. In fact, they even had the same tendency as the Pharisees did, where they wanted the Messiah to come and take care of the Romans. Mm -hmm. They wanted the Messiah to come and annihilate their enemies. And the disciples had that same disease. If you know, if our Messiah Messiah would just come, and if he would just take care of everything outside of us that's wrong, mm -hmm. you know, the people ruling. Right. It's not our problem. It's not our problem. It's, we are oppressors. We're right. being oppressed. So the Messiah needs to come and handle our oppressors. Mm -hmm. You know, and and once it's once they were they were um, illuminated by the Holy Spirit, they understood that he didn't come to annihilate the Romans. He came to annihilate selfishness in their hearts, and that they understood that he was washing their feet to fix them, not their enemies. And in fixing them, the, in fixing them, they would have a different view on their enemies. Right. And the uh, wonders of, of Jesus' life must have amazed them, and they were almost awakened from a dream. They realized that the Word was made flesh and dwelt among them that they beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. That's John 1, 14. Christ had actually come from God to a sinful world to save fallen sons and daughters of Adam. You know, and I, I just kind of flashed on something. I'd like to take that one um, that you, that you uh, just read there. We beheld his glory. The world was made, the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Do you realize that when you're assimilating Christ, when you're reading the Word of God, studying His life, that that Word is becoming flesh in you as mm, well. Mm -hmm. And that's also how the Word is made flesh, and it dwells among all of us. As long as we're partaking of the, uh, of the Spirit of God and, and studying Jesus and understanding and having a willingness to help other people, mm -hmm. the word is being made flesh. Right, because it's 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 not just the studying and the understanding, it's the putting into practice. Put it into the things, practice. Putting into practice the things that we've learned. Yeah. Because um that's that's what um God's that's how God's principles work. Right. That's how they work. So Luke when they looked at Jesus in his humiliation as he walked as a man among men, the di disciples hadn't understood the mystery of his incarnation, the dual character of his nature. They couldn't really recognize divinity in humanity. Right. But after they were illuminated by the Holy Spirit, how they longed to see him again after he had risen and gone to heaven. What, Christ had, what had Christ meant when he said, I have yet many things to tell you, but you can't bear them. So I'm sure... You know, as they reflected on the times with Jesus after, and they probably said something like, why didn't we allow, or why did we allow the opposition of the priests and the rabbis to confuse us? Why didn't we really recognize that a one greater than Moses was among us, one wiser than Solomon was here, right in our midst? How dull was our hearing? And I'm sure they had, they had second-guessed themselves. Um, have you ever done that when the light finally comes on? You know, why didn't I see that earlier? Hmm. Why did, you know, why did it take me so long to see that that person, uh, you know, I had that actually happen with my, my dad 
you know, you, like you were saying, when we, we don't see things until after someone's gone. And a- after my dad was gone, I, I, I noticed more and more. I think it happened when I found his wallet and in his wallet was his contractor's license, his driver's license, and his picture of myself, my sister, Debbie, and my sister, Lori. Mm-hmm. And that was his whole world was his business and his three kids. Right. And when I, something happened when I saw that, I, start, I started looking through a new lens like, wait a minute, we, we were his whole world. And so maybe when he wanted me to do this, it was actually for my own good, not just, you know, or whatever. And so I, and it's interesting, you start looking through a new lens and everything changes. Mm-hmm. And I believe that's what the Holy Spirit does. It helps us to clear that lens. You know, we look through a glass dimly now. But as that dim glass starts to get cleared up and cleared up and cleared up, we start to see that character of Jesus more and more. We start to see God's goodness in in action. Even amidst this crazy world right now, there are still people genuinely trying to do good, genuinely trying to help, Mm -hmm. you know. God's Spirit is still still with us. Absolutely, and it's just like with Thomas. He wouldn't believe until he, you know, put his finger into the womb of Jesus made by the Roman soldiers— then you have Peter. He denied. He denied him. All these painful memories came to them over and over again. They had been with him, but they had not known or appreciated him. But now these things now stirred their hearts as they recognized their unbelief. Yeah, it's fascinating what the Holy Spirit can do. You know, as you reflect and you go, "Wow, yeah, remember this? How foolish we acted there." And so, can, you know, I think that all of us can go back into our lives and we can see yeah. the foolishness and the, you know, the worry we we put towards a problem that, you know, we worried and worried and worried about it. And all of a sudden it just kind of dissipated or it came to fruition and it wasn't anywhere near what we worried it about, you know what right. I mean? What, what do you what do you say? Well, see, it did work, right? Yeah, all that worry did work, right? Yeah, so no, wait, so what were you worried about last Thursday at two o'clock in the afternoon? Right, probably I, I, feeding the baby feeding donkey. The baby donkey. Yeah, that's yeah. my that's my. Uh, that's your big worry for. That's right my now. worries for uh, right now. Yeah, for those that don't know, we had a we had a premature baby donkey, and so Susan Mini, has miniature been, donkey. Yeah, so Susan's been feeding it every two hours for the last two weeks, and 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 so, the, and so you know what the thing is is I it it definitely has helped me to grow closer to God because I all I can do is offer it food. All I can do is make sure that it has a warm place. All I can yeah. do are those things physically to encourage his growth, but I can't sustain his life. Yep. And I came to the conclusion that I'll do my part and God, you do your part one way or another. If he, if it's not going to be good for this little guy to live, then, you know, God do whatever is necessary. If it is going, if he is going to live, then help me to know those things that are going to encourage his life and his growth. And so it's been quite an experience to have this little guy's life, you know, yeah, seemingly hanging on the balance. And um, but we, we we keep set telling to ourselves, we'll do those things right. that encourage the growth, that encourage the healing, that encourage him to to get stronger. But the growth is still a miracle, right? Right. And trusting that you know God's going to do the right thing and take care of the little guy, and and he's you know he's gaining weight and strength and a little personality, just like a little male donkey does mm-hmm. and um you know you you see the miracle happening before your before your eyes and i think that it's a real testament to how god 
wants to be that everything in any and every problem that we have in our life. Yeah. That we can go to him and we can say, God, I'll do the very best I can. And maybe it's not even good enough, but I'm going to put forth the effort. But uh, the effort is going to be in trusting in you to to bring it to fruition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I, you know, that's always the thing. Do we trust God to... Do the right thing. Well, yeah. Yep. And what is the right thing? Right. Only God knows. Right. But we, but for his sustaining, we do those things that encourage the growth. The growth is still a miracle. Right. Just like the farmer. Yeah. Farmer does the things that encourage the growth. The growth is still a miracle. Yeah. So we're going to have to wrap it up again, folks. We want to thank you for being with us. www.justasiamministries.com is our website. Go there. All the programs are there. Um, and, uh, Remember, folks, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing is a miracle. The other is like everything is a miracle, and you have the freedom to choose. Do I love my neighbor? Do you love them? Can I feel his pain and his need? Thank you for listening to Freedom to Choose. There is truly hope for people whose lives seem to be overrun with problems, unhealthy relationships, or even imprisoned by some form of addiction. Rich and Susan Collenberg are living testimonials that biblical principles do work. They've authored resources available to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook, Seven Steps to Freedom, or the book, Could It Be This Simple, The Way Out of Your Prison? Please call Rich and Susan at 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they are supported by people like you. 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.